0: Wonderful. Let's have a quick word of prayer. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, as we open up your word and look into it, and we ponder and meditate upon the life of one of the saints of old, Lord, open our hearts, speak to us, and have us to learn what you would have us to learn this day. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, if you could open up your Bibles to Psalm 119, We're going to look at verse 80, Psalm 119, verse 80, which says, Let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I be not ashamed. In 2024, Paris, France is going to host the 33rd Olympiad. This will be exactly 100 years after the city last hosted the Games. Uh, Undoubtedly, the games two years from now are going to be unlike those hosted in 1924 in almost every conceivable way. But it's pretty certain that there's going to be recollections and stories about what happened on Friday, July 11th, 1924. This is the day when Eric Little, affectionately known as the Flying Scotsman, shocked the world by winning the gold medal in the 400-meter dash, covering the distance in a new world record time of 46.2 or 47.6 seconds the record time and the way in which little ran the race by setting a blistering pace from the start and never letting up through the finish line that's impressive enough but even more inspiring and worthy of our respect are the circumstances that led up to this race eric little was born in 1902 to scottish missionary parents in china Missionary work in that day was typically for six to eight years with a one-year furlough at home before heading back to the mission field. While on furlough in 1908, Eric and his older brother, Rob, were enrolled in the school for Sons of Missionaries. And shortly after, their parents returned to China without them to continue their missionary work. Eric and Rob both excelled in sports during their time in school, and they both later enrolled at Edinburgh University. Eric continued his athletic pursuits and became a standout runner at Edinburgh. I couldn't find any details on Eric's salvation experience, but there are certainly quotes and actions that point to him being converted during his time at school. On one occasion, Little was asked by a reporter about the secret to his athletic success. Little replied, it's the three sevens. Confused by what he was referencing, Eric said, it's the seventh verse of the seventh chapter of the seventh book of the New Testament which would be 1 Corinthians 7, 7. For I would that all men were even as I myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. Another quote from Eric that I found reads, God used the law like a skillful physician to bring my sore to a head in order that he might heal. The law was not a means of salvation, but only a means to show the need for salvation. In early 1924, Eric was selected to run the 100 and 200-meter races for Great Britain at the Olympics in Paris. His absolute best event was the 100-meter, and he was the heavy favorite. But a few months prior to the Games, Little was informed that the preliminary qualifying heats would be held on Sunday for the 100-meter. Although knowing that he was very likely to win the gold in his best event, Eric Little made a proclamation that would be heard the world over he declined to to compete in the 100-meter dash and instead run on the 400, rather than disobey his conscience and his God to run on the Christian Sabbath. In the few short months prior to the Olympics, he would have to train for an entirely different race, not a simple task, given his competitors in that event had been training for years. Little was reviled by the media for his decision, and even the British Parliament criticized him but he silenced his critics when he won the 400 meter on that hot July day in Paris in 1924. You know, thinking about that, it's not so much what Eric Little did during those Olympic games that has left such a lasting impression over the years, but rather what he did not do. He was faced with a choice, violate the scriptures or suffer ridicule by standing firm for what he believed. He chose to give up what to the world appeared such a sure thing to honor God with his testimony. When asked about his 400-meter race strategy, Little simply replied, I run the first 200 meters as hard as I can. Then for the second 200 meters, with God's help, I run harder. Eric Little became an instant celebrity and a national hero in Scotland. He had before him an opportunity to continue to compete as a world-class athlete and ride his status as one of the fastest men in the world. But God had placed a different calling on his life, He would return to Edinburgh, study theology, and prepare to return to China as a missionary. When leaving Scotland in 1925, a crowd of fans came to the train station to see him off. As he was boarding, he turned to them and shouted, Christ for the world, for the world needs Christ. Eric Little was serving faithfully as a missionary in China for nearly 18 years, when in 1943, during the Japanese occupation during World War II, he was forced into the Weishan internment camp. In this camp, he continued to show the love of Christ for those around him. Little quickly became known as Uncle Eric in the camp. In her book, Janie Hampton wrote that Eric, quote, did more than any other person for Weishan's adolescence. He taught science from a textbook that he reproduced from memory. He organized sporting events to boost the spirits of the internees. He took on chores for the sick and elderly, And Reverend Reverend Dr. Norman Cliff, a young Weishan internee, said of Eric, here was a man who was the embodiment of what the Christian faith was all about. At one point, through a prisoner exchange arrangement that Winston Churchill had made, Eric had the opportunity to leave the camp. Instead of seizing that chance to return home to his own pregnant wife and three girls, who he had sent away as the war was encroaching upon China, he arranged for a another pregnant woman in Wixen to take his place and be released instead. He was quoted as saying, it has been a wonderful experience to compete in the Olympic games and to bring home a gold medal. But since I have been a young lad, I have had my eyes on a different prize. You see each one of us is in a greater race than I have run in Paris. And this race ends when God gives out the medals. In 1945, at the young age of 43, the flying Scotsman's race here on earth came to an end. He succumbed to a brain tumor and died in February of that year. Langdon Gilkey, a survivor of the internment camp, later would say of Little, often in an evening I would see him bent over a chessboard or a model boat or directing some sort of square dance, absorbed, weary, and interested, pouring all of himself into this effort to capture the imagination of these penned-up youths. He was overflowing with good humor and love for life and with enthusiasm and charm. It is rare indeed that a person has the good fortune to meet a saint, but he came as close to it as anyone I have ever known. Eric Little most certainly lived out our verse, Psalm 119, verse 80, let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I be not ashamed. And I think we can learn much from his life and how he lived it. In this day and age of so much compromise, how is it with us? Is there anything in the scriptures that we are ashamed of? What are we willing to compromise on? What worldly shame and humiliation are we willing to endure for Christ's sake and glory? And how are we running our Christian race? Hebrews 12:1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I have one final quote from Eric Little that I think is so appropriate as we seek to live victorious for God alone. Victory over all the circumstances of life comes not by might nor by power, but by a practical confidence in God and by allowing his spirit to dwell in our hearts and control our actions and emotions. Learn in the days of ease and comfort to think in terms of the prayer that follows, so that when the days of hardship come, you will be fully prepared and equipped to meet them. O Heavenly Father, let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I be not ashamed. Amen. Amen.